Okay, y'all, before we begin the show tonight, I, this is just a, a introductory phrase here, an introductory line, an introductory statement. We've got podcast sponsors now, which is a new thing for us. Uh, we had Casper. We've got more coming. Um, one of the great ways that you can support The Resurgent and my radio show is to pay attention to the sponsors within uh, and hopefully use them if you have an opportunity, whether it's Casper or Man Crates or some of the others that are coming up. Um, if you will engage with those sponsors, it helps them know people actually listen to this show and they continue to come back to the show. So please consider it. And now let's get to the program. Well, the Dow down 362 points, NASDAQ down 64. My goodness, on uh, the day of the State of the Union address. Wow, here we go. Will it be some level of correction? The market is speculating. I have no idea, neither do they. Welcome, it's Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 404-872-0750, wsb talk We're going to begin the show with local news with our state legislature meeting because we're going to be spending the whole night and probably most of the rest of the week until the president, Leroy Jenkins, us uh, talking about the State of the Union. So there are two pieces of legislation uh, getting media attention today in the state legislature, and I want you to know about them. Both involve, um, well, freedoms of speech and religion. The first bill is by uh, State Senator William Ligon, and it is a campus speech bill. This is from the AJC, Eric Sturgis. Several top Republican state lawmakers have proposed a bill that could impose penalties as severe as expulsion for student protesters who repeatedly stop people from speaking on Georgia's public college campuses. They joined counterparts in about a dozen states pushing legislation modeled after a conservative organization's proposal. That would be ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council. Senate Bill 336, filed last week, is designed to ensure constitutional protections to speakers after several controversial speakers nationwide, mostly conservative, were either turned away from college administrators or shouted down by students. Uh, William Ligon is saying, we think the First Amendment is very important and something that should be protected on our campuses. Now, here's the thing. Um, in Georgia, we haven't really had a major issue with this. Um, but uh, the University of North Georgia has had some issues, and U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions filed a statement of interest last year in support of a student who sued Georgia Gwinnett College over free speech issues. So there, so there are some, but there aren't a lot. But what we're seeing time and time again is that when they come up, uh, faculty and staff at universities are having a hard time balancing, and if they do balance, they tend to balance with leftist authoritarianism instead of with free speech. So this is one of the pieces of legislation coming to the state legislature. There is another one. This one is being couched in the media as controversial. You know what controversial means? Controversial means liberals don't like it, including liberal Republicans and the Chamber of Commerce. 
They don't like that the legislature is being forced to consider this legislation. And why are they being forced to consider it? Michael Williams, running for the governor in the Senate right now, is taking the lead role in pushing this legislation. But, 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 it is worth noting that uh, Brian Kim and Casey Cagle have both taken positions on this sort of issue in the past. Uh, Williams has dropped the legislation, though. Senate Bill 361 would require public schools to provide a limited public forum where students can talk about religion or anything else that's not lewd, vulgar, or offensive. And, wait for it, wait for it, this is the controversial part. Allow high school coaches to participate in student-led prayer and talk about religion with students. That's the controversial part. Now, this isn't a hypothetical situation here. Last year, the Freedom From Religion Foundation filed a complaint against a, an East Coweta high school coach, uh, John Small, for praying with his players. Small got in trouble. Others have gotten in trouble on college camp and, and high school campuses for having the audacity to pray with students. How dare they? And oh, yes, there's that word. We've got to say that word. We need to say the word together. Surely you know the word I'm talking about. Let's say it together. Amazon. Yes, Amazon. That's right. Why do our Republican leaders in the state oppose allowing coaches to pray on football fields with their players? Amazon. Yes, this is from the Wall Street. This, this has gone beyond local now. This is the Wall Street Journal. Do it for Amazon, say Atlanta politicians when they want something done. Subtitle, prospect of online giant moving second headquarters to Atlanta colors fights over religion immigration. Amazon is really up the ante, says one. From a religious freedom bill to a proposed English-only constitutional amendment, Georgia politicians and advocates are invoking Amazon's name. The prospect of luring the retailer here is being used as political ammunition, notwithstanding that Amazon.com Inc. is months away from picking. Jeff Graham, who runs the state's leading gay rights organization, Georgia Equality, says he mentions the prospect of losing the online shopping giant to rally opposition to a religious freedom bill he considers discriminatory. Amazon's really up the ante, he says. Proponents of the bill say it will have no impact on gay rights in the state. They say Amazon likely will pay little attention to the measure. An earlier, broader version of the bill was vetoed by Governor Nathan Deal following public criticism from large companies, the Metro Atlanta Chamber and the Georgia Chamber of Commerce. There you go, folks. Amazon. So let's put this in perspective. You have a state controlled by Republicans. Republicans control the state Senate. Republicans control the state House. Republicans control the governor's mansion. And they cannot pass a bill that will allow high school football players to pray on a football field with their coach. They cannot pass a bill that would say colleges and universities have to allow conservatives to speak on campus and discipline students who try to block such speeches. 
And they cannot pass a bill saying Georgia law should have a Religious Freedom Restoration Act just like the federal government has. We can't pass any of those pieces of legislation because Amazon. Have you ever wanted to know what it looked like to see Judas selling out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver? Well, here you go. I mean, you guys voted for these people. Y'all voted for the Republicans in Georgia who will not pass legislation that, by the way, over 70% of the state supports uh, Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Uh, a majority of voters in the state support the idea that college students should not be able to shut down speeches on campus over political disagreements. A vast majority of... And by the way, a majority of people believe high school football coaches should be allowed to pray with their students if it is student-led, which the legislation requires. The coach couldn't initiate the prayer. That would be unconstitutional, according to the Supreme Court. But the Supreme Court has said students can initiate prayer. And the law would allow the coaches to pray with the students. But no, no, no we can't do this because Amazon. Y'all, we're being held hostage to a phantom. We are being held hostage to a desire. We're being held hostage to the state desperate to bring in Amazon. And can I just say, look at all the socially conservative. By the way, um, they're not even considering uh, other social conservative legislation this year. Uh, we Georgia will be the only Republican, unified Republican government in, in the nation to not advance legislation to curtail abortion clinics in the state. We're the only Republican, unified Republican government, House, Senate, governor, not doing anything to curtail the abortion industry or to hold them accountable or to beef up standards. We're not doing anything on that. We can't get protections for adoption agencies in the adoption bill. We can't get any of this stuff. Will we even get a school choice piece of legislation? West Cantrell has the school choice legislation, and, and you got outside lobbyists opposed to this. Time and time and time and time and time again, all the legislation that is popular in the state, that has majority support of the state, but is socially conservative, we can't get because Amazon... My goodness, and they're not even here. Think about how much more the culture will change if they ever show up. Y'all, just let me interrupt here for a sponsor because this one is actually really cool and I'm really excited about them. This is mancrates.com. Now, Valentine's Day is coming up. You may have a significant other. You may be the significant other, and you're thinking, I don't want that crap for Valentine's Day. I, I don't want flowers. I don't want chocolate. Uh, good Lord, I, I want something manly for Valentine's Day. Well, man crates. Either on behalf of your significant other or direct the one who will be buying it for you to mancrates.com. I mean, you actually get a, a physical crate of stuff. You can get NFL barware. You can get the whiskey appreciation crate. You can get the beef jerky heart for, I mean, or the salami bouquet for Valentine's. All sorts of, it even comes with a crowbar, by the way. This is really cool stuff. Thousands of five-star reviews. <laughs> so they sent me uh, custom engraved pint glasses for beer. Or whatever, mine will be for beer. But nonetheless, you can put you can put water in them if you want to. No, they're actually really good, good quality stuff. Really fun gift to get too because it's a great crate. So what you got to do is you got to go to mancrates.com. 
M-A-N-C-R-A-T-E-S dot com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Don't forget the C-K and you'll get 5% off. Now, they don't offer a discount anywhere else, but you can get 5% off right now at mancrates.com slash Eric, mancrates.com slash Eric. But, 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 remember, it's mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K really is awesome beer glasses salami you name it uh you can get a outdoors gear it's just awesome selection go to mancrates.com slash eric for five percent off check it off now a great valentine's day gift maybe even for yourself <laughs> okay i'm sorry we, we got to go completely off charge because there's a brewing controversy at this moment. It has suddenly become a big news story. Um, so Mel Gibson has announced he is making it, or Jim Cazavell has announced they're making a sequel to The Passion of the Christ. This will show the resurrection. And religion reporters are reporting scandalously today horrified, outraged that they're going to come up, they're going to show this crazy thing. They're going to presuppose at the beginning of the movie that Jesus descended into hell. They're going to show Jesus in hell. So they're going to start the movie. Um, y'all, it's called the Apostles' Creed. Uh, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, buried, descended into hell, and on the third day rose. I mean, it's right there. Hey, seriously, this is actually, I'm watching this story in real time as it's blowing up on social media, religion reporters horrified um, that there are Christians who believe this. Yeah, I mean, this is the same way that there are religion reporters that are horrified that these Georgia Republicans uh, would want to push legislation that would allow students to pray on campus and allow their coaches to participate. Now, what a lot of people are pointing out, by the way, the students can already pray on campus. Yep, yep, absolutely right. They can. But teachers and coaches aren't necessarily allowed to participate with them. In fact, the coach over in East Coyote County uh, was disciplined for doing so. We, we've had uh, coaches lose their job for doing that. and and But we can't do any of this stuff because of Amazon. Uh, we are being held hostage to a company that doesn't even even live here. By the way, th- there is news on this front. There, there's a liberal reporter whose views I, I tend to find as noxious as I'm sure he would find my views. But he actually makes a really good point. Uh, Amazon has done a genius thing to Georgia and Atlanta, uh, something that a lot of people haven't even realized or paid attention to. I'll tell you what it is when we come back. is 38 after the hour. Eric Erickson here on WSB, the fold number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. We're going to have a long night tonight about the State of the Union. Before we get to the State of the Union, though, there is other news uh, that I think we need to explore. One of them is the Steve Wynn situation. I see CNBC, we've got on in the studio right now, is covering this. Steve Wynn, the casino owner out in Las Vegas, um, alleged to have sexually harassed uh, or taken advantage of 
employees. He is denying the allegation. He was the finance chairman of the Republican National Committee. A lot of people rushing out to cry foul on this issue um, that the Republicans uh, really worked. Uh, in fact, uh, what is her name? Um, Rona McDaniel, Rona Romney McDaniel, whatever, the, the RNC chairwoman. She went on TV after the Weinstein situation, Harvey Weinstein, and went through a list of all of the Democrats that Weinstein had given money to and made a really big case that there was a campaign finance issue here, that Democrats had known about this guy for years and were taking his money. So a lot of reporters are crying foul today over her coming out saying, well, the difference is that uh, Steve Wynn has denied the allegations, unlike Harvey Weinstein uh, and even Al Franken. Uh, Whether you see that as a plausible excuse or not, Wynn himself has stepped aside as the finance chair of the RNC. Um, I just, here's my sneaking suspicion on this particular topic. I don't think that this story is going to get a ton of traction. And the reason I don't think it is, is because the president has a State of the Union tonight. And the Weinstein story in particular existed to a degree in a vacuum and that there was not a lot of other major news going on at the time. We are at January 30th, and it seems like the news cycle has changed every 24 to 48 hours since the beginning of the year. And that's the same with the State of the Union address. I don't know that the State of the Union address is even necessary because nobody's going to be talking about it by Friday. The president's going to tweet something or there's going to be something with the FBI investigation or the Mueller investigation or, or you name it, uh, the immigration compromise. And by the way, um, as an aside, oh, 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 where is this? I, I bookmarked this earlier. Um, bear with me because I got to read this to you directly. Um, you know, Jorge Ramos, the um, TV host, he, where did I put this? Um He got on social media earlier today, and according to Ramos, they want um, this this 1.8 million people that the president wants to give uh, citizenship to. This is only the beginning. This is only the beginning that their in-game is 11 million people with citizenship, including the parents, including the parents of the Dreamers. If that's the case, I do have to ask, um, why even bother negotiating? If you're going to do that, yeah, here it is, uh, Jorge Ramos. Yes, the fight starts with the Dreamers, but the goal is to legalize their parents, their siblings, and the majority of the 11 million undocumented immigrants. This is the real immigration reform, not what Trump and the GOP are proposing. If that's the case, why even negotiate if you're a Republican? Um, because you're not going to get any anything. You, you know that this is the beginning. It's, it's the same principle, essentially, on gun control. The reason Republicans won't negotiate on gun control is they know that Democrats will use that and say, well, you gave us this, so now give us this. And the ball will keep going further and further away, rolling away from them. Now, i got to get back to the Amazon situation and this liberal uh, journalist uh, noting the trick Amazon has pulled on Atlanta. Okay, so I, I'm, I don't even want to name the reporter because I, I largely think the guy is is a nutter. Um, but he does, you know, like a stopped clock. Um, he can be right uh, twice a day. And he noted that 
Amazon is a not just a company that sells you things. It is a company that acquires data, much like Google. Amazon acquires data. And Georgia has proposed one of the more aggressively lucrative contracts to lure Amazon. And in so doing, has provided Amazon massive amounts of data about not only what the state is willing to whore itself out for uh, to get a company here, but also what it can provide, what it is capable of providing, what its infrastructure can hold, uh, that will give Amazon greater leverage in negotiating in the future uh, with uh, other places and with Georgia and putting them at odds with each other. Think about that for just a minute, that Amazon essentially has been given fairly detailed economic um, maps of each of these places, these 20 cities, Georgia has given it some of the more lucrative options for coming to the state. Illinois is probably the most shameless prostitute in this. Uh, but Georgia is still pretty significant prostituting itself, trying to get Amazon here, giving away your tax dollars. Amazon now knows uh, what it can do as, as far as baseline projections for future business development, but not only for future business development, also to a degree for a future uh, blocking of competitors. Essentially, Amazon has used this opportunity to collect data on places for a competitive advantage. Now, the states obviously don't care because they want Amazon to come, um, but it's worth noting that a number of journalists have singled out Georgia for actually cutting a bad deal for taxpayers. That Georgia wants to give away so much of the farm, there's almost no farm left. Uh, Amazon will come in, you get a great deal, and Georgia will be in a situation where it's left holding the bag for Amazon for a long time uh, with the property tax issue, with sales tax issue, with income tax issues, with infrastructure problems, on and on. It's not a very good deal for Georgia taxpayers, and the state uh, doesn't really believe it. Now, uh, one bit of housekeeping before we go to break, and that is this. Uh, if you want to come see Clay Tippins, he is the Navy SEAL running for governor of Georgia. Uh, text the word W or the letter WSB to 345345. Going to interview Clay Tippins in the live lounge on February 8th at 8 p.m. And you are invited uh, to come. Seating is limited. You got to have a ticket. So text WSB to 345345. So the Cleveland Indians have gotten rid of Chief Wahoo. They've decided he's racist, so he must go away. Max Kellerman, the genius ESPN host. I say genius loosely. Reminds me of some, well, I shouldn't say that. (laughs) Max Kellerman thinks that, you know, we also need to get rid of the fighting Irish. Because that clearly is offensive as well. You know, that that fighting Irish, uh, you know, I, I do have to say I agree with him here. We need to get rid of the fighting Irish because for some reason they are constantly able to make it into rankings where it doesn't look like it's deserved. I mean, clearly there is a bias towards Notre Dame and all the sports rankings, and we should just get rid of the fighting Irish completely. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy. Um, yeah, this is so stupid, y'all. I mean, who is complaining, other than Max Kellerman, 
Who is complaining about the fighting Irish? It's not the drunk Irish, it's the fighting Irish. I mean, come on, people. That tends to be the negative stereotype against against the Irish. And and that's not the stereotype of the fighting Irish. They're they're winning football players and whatnot. Oh Lord, I'm getting angry texts from friends of mine who are Notre Dame fans now. <laughs> oh gracious. I I just this is ridiculous. And I'm sure they'll be coming for the Braves again at some point. Can't do the tomahawk chop, you know, because it's race everything is racist. Which reminds me, Black Panther is coming out next month, and I swear to you, half the reviews I've read have more to do about its perceived politics and social justice themes than it does about the movie. I just want to know, is the movie any good? It better be. I have high hopes for Black Panther when it comes out, but it's like Wonder Woman all over again. It's 9 after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is WSB and Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. That is T-A-L-K. For those of you crediting Barack Obama with the massive explosion in the economy right now. I mean, y'all, here's the thing. When... When Bill Clinton left office in 2001, we were in a recession. Dick Cheney began talking about the recession uh, in October of 2000. And the Bush team was accused of talking down the economy. They were accused by Team Clinton and Gore of causing a recession by talking about it. And they were blamed. When Barack Obama became president of the United States, they claimed the recession was over in September of 2009, and yet we had stagnant growth for all eight years of his administration. And in the first nine months of the Trump administration, we've had fairly stagnant growth consistent with the Obama administration. And now suddenly the economy is picking up steam. And the Democrats want credit for it. Chuck Schumer says Donald Trump should thank Barack Obama for it. Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel says it's Barack Obama's economy, not Donald Trump's economy. The Democrats, it is amazing how Barack Obama is still guiding the economy. Let's see, he passed tax reform. No, no, he didn't pass tax reform. Democrats all voted for it. He he deregulated. Wait, no, no, he increased regulation. Donald Trump repealed all the regulations, all, all of the things that would spark an economy to pick up steam. Um, Donald Trump did and Barack Obama did not do. And yet uh, we're told it's Barack Obama's economy. No, it's not. This is Donald Trump's economy. And Donald Trump uh, and his team have done good. But as I maintained with Barack Obama, I will maintain now that there's only so much a president can do to shape the economy. The economy, by and large, at this point, um, sustains itself and will collapse under its own weight. But that said, you cannot dismiss the economic impact 
of deregulation. You cannot dismiss the economic impact of cutting corporate taxes so major corporations like Apple can repatriate billions, not millions with an M, but billions with a B like boy. Billions of dollars repatriated. Companies on their own raising wages to $15 an hour, giving employees $1,000 bonuses that will stimulate the economy further. None of these things happen with Barack Obama. They happen with Donald Trump. Donald Trump deserves the credit for this economy. Barack Obama doesn't. If Barack Obama deserves credit for the economy, then he deserves blame for the stagnant economy that existed after he declared this recession was over. But no, no, that was all George Bush's fault. Eight years into Barack Obama, it was still George Bush's fault. And now suddenly not. You, you know, here's the thing. Democrats like to point out that we have economic booms when Democrats are president and we have economic recessions when Republicans are president. The problem with that is this. Typically, Republicans get hired to fix the messes that Democrats have made, and then Democrats can be hired and claim credit for the economy until they screw it all up again and Republicans have to come back in and fix it again. I know we're not supposed to say that it defies the conventional wisdom, but that's the reality. Republicans deregulate They cut taxes, and the economy explodes, and the Democrats get elected, and they take credit for it. Except that didn't happen here because of the recession at the end of the Bush administration. And Barack Obama tried to claim credit for something, but it wasn't much to claim credit about, so now they want to claim credit for something they had nothing to do with. At best, they may have laid some groundwork for it. Yes, they did. (laughs) They laid the groundwork for the election of Donald Trump who actually deregulated and cut taxes. Now, I want to now read you some bullet point headlines, and then I'll explain, but you need to hear the bullet points first. President Trump's administration has taken action to secure the border, but the United States has seen an uptick in attempted illegal entries and more resources are needed to accomplish the job. In fiscal year 2017, U.S. Customs and Border Protection recorded 310,531 apprehensions by Border Patrol agents, 303,916 of which were on the southwest border. More than 97% of the Customs and Border Protection apprehensions occurred on the southwest border. President Trump wants to keep nuclear families together while reforming our current legal immigration system so if no longer so it no longer serves as a conduit for low-skilled immigration. President Trump has called for canceling of the visa lottery system which selects applicants at random and has been subject to fraud and abuse. Recent polling shows Americans support turning the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals policy into a lawful policy in exchange for ending chain migration, the visa lottery, and border security. According to a recent Harvard-Harris poll, 58% of those polled oppose shutting down the government over the DACA program. 65% of those polled would support an immigration deal that gives work permits and a path to citizenship to aliens brought to the U.S. by their parents in exchange for prioritizing merit-based immigration over family ties, ending the visa lottery, and providing border security funding. This all comes from the White House this afternoon with a series of other talking points. Now, why bring this up? Well, the State of the Union happens tonight. We're going to cover the State of the Union here. We will run the speech here at WSB, and we also have a basketball game. It's a jam-packed night here. And then afterwards, 
we will broadcast on WSB uh, a post-speech show taking your calls about the president's speech. One of the things we know the president intends to talk about tonight is immigration. He wants a deal. He wants his proposal. 1.8 million uh, DACA recipients are those eligible for DACA given citizenship. He does not want the number to go higher. And Democrats are saying this is not enough. Now, we're going to see a compromise plan out of this. But Senator David Perdue in Georgia, Senator Tom Cotton in Arkansas, and a few others are making it very clear that the 1.8 million immigrants, that is uh, the maximum number the president wants. That he's putting his cards on the table. He wants this. He doesn't want more than that. We'll see if he folds on that. We'll see if he drops hints on that tonight. The other big issue the president intends to talk about tonight is the economy. And that it's roaring along. And Democrats now dropping this talking point that he should be thanking Barack Obama for it when, in fact, it was his deregulation and and a lot of his tax reform policies that sparked this. The company's new tax reform was coming with the GOP. They made it known. They made sure to get it passed by the end of of last year. It's going to have even a more stimulative effect. The fact that companies know they don't have someone hostile to business has mattered for them, has mattered for you. And the president intends to highlight all of this tonight at the State of the Union. Uh, it, a lot of Democrats are going to boycott the speech. I'm actually curious to see how full the chamber is. By the way, um, one of the big issues here is Ruth Bader Ginsburg says she won't go to the speech. It's made headlines and a lot of Democrats uh, taking it as a slight against Donald Trump, but saying, hey, Antonin Scalia boycotted Barack Obama. Um, truth be told, Antonin Scalia hasn't didn't go to a State of the Union address since the mid-90s, refused to go, refused to participate, didn't think it seemly for the republic to engage in, in monarchical pomp and circumstance. Sounds like Antonin Scalia, doesn't it? There will be a lot of Democrats boycotting the speech tonight. The problem for Democrats is real simple when it comes to Donald Trump. They are so hostile to him in every way, shape, and form that they cannot in any way, shape, or form, give him credit for any of the good that he's done or that his administration has done. Now, I get it. I, I wrote a piece in the Washington Post last week that it is harder and harder to separate the Trump administration from the president when he does things that make people cringe. But at the same time, you do have to credit his administration with the good things they've done. And they have done good things on the economy, on deregulation, on tax reform. They've made a good proposal on immigration. Some of you hate it, I realize, because of the citizenship part. I think it's a a, a good proposal. Out of that, I don't think it's going to get passed. The problem I have with the speech isn't just the monarchical pomp and circumstance. It's like the Queen's speech, but American. There's no crown. The problem I have is that within two days, we're not going to be talking about it anymore. Something's going to happen. The president's going to tweet. Somebody's going to say something. News is going to come out about the FBI. Someone somewhere will will change the conversation. And my question will be this. Who changes the conversation? Because I suspect he's going to give a good speech tonight. And I suspect Democrats are going to try to get reporters to run a story trying to overshadow the State of the Union speech, even if they have to make stuff up to get reporters to change the subject. A brief word on a new sponsor that I'm really excited about for the podcast, mancrates.com. 
Valentine's Day is coming up. You may want to get yourself something. You may need to get something for someone and you're not sure what to get them. Or you may be tired of the same crummy gifts every year and you want something really awesome. So redirect your significant other to mancrates.com. This isn't like the cheesy cologne sampler or whatnot. Mancrates has curated gift collections for every type of guy, whether it's sports or chef or outdoorsman. You can get the NFL barware crate. You can get the whiskey appreciation crate, or you can get the standard Valentine's gifts, but kicked up several notches, the beef jerky heart or the salami bouquet. All you got to do is go to mancrates.com and they've got a huge selection of things. I actually got uh, custom pint glasses with my name on them for my bar. I have a great bar, bourbon and collection and beer on tap, and these will go great chilled glasses for my beer. The crates even come with a crowbar. It's pretty cool. Thousands of five-star reviews. So what do you do? Go to mancrates.com slash Eric for 5% off. And remember, it's E-R-I-C-K, mancrates.com slash Eric. They don't offer a discount anywhere else, though. So you do have to go right now to mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, mancrates.com slash Eric, and you too can get the perfect gift for yourself, for someone else, or tell someone else to go to mancrates.com slash Eric for your Valentine's Day gift. It's 26 after the hour. We're going to have a... State of the Union, just wall-to-wall coverage tonight, except we got a basketball game as well. So we're going to do the basketball game, and we're essentially telling them that they have to hurry up their game, and then we'll get to the president's speech. And then when the president's speech is over, we're going to fire up all of the Cox talk stations. Every one of the people who listen to a Cox talk station will have to hear my voice they will be subjected to my voice. In some places, that would be considered a violation of the Geneva Convention, but y'all are used to it. <laughs> and we'll take your phone calls tonight on the president's speech. Now, one of the other issues tonight is illegal immigration, and there are members of Congress bringing dreamers. An Arizona congressman has asked security to vet whether or not the people coming in are citizens of the United States. They want a paddy wagon to round up and deport the illegal aliens. The Secret Service and Capitol Hill Security and Capitol Police are saying, nope, their job is to protect the members of Congress and the president not to ascertain citizenship. Non-citizens are allowed to watch the speech. You can agree or disagree, but I do have to say, if you've ever been to one of these things, there are a million people milling about, and you're not going to have police officers saying, papers, papers. They want to make sure you don't have weapons on you. Uh, They don't care if your driver's license is on you. They want to make sure your weapons. Um, So I kind of agree with the decision. It makes a lot of sense that they're not going to distract themselves with that when they're focused on the safety and security of the building. And uh, there could be a crazy citizen uh, as opposed to a not crazy illegal alien. So priorities, priorities, folks. We will be back after the speech tonight here on WSB. Right now, though, we got a basketball game. (laughs) 